It is January the 29th, 2024. Welcome to the channel, Tennessee Podcast. I am your host alongside Austin Brown and Jordan Moore. Got a bit to get into tonight. Tennessee basketball still on fire, my friends. Still on fire. The Dalton Connect show is still on air. It has not been canceled yet. It is a thriving show called the Dot Connect Show. The NFL playoffs are in the books, and we have a Super Bowl to talk about. And I have a little segment called What's Worse? I want to have one question to see what you guys think is worse between two scenarios. And lastly, I want to get into Dan Campbell's post-game comments. They were kind of weird. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but they were... uh, Kind of degrading to a theme a little bit. I want to get into that. But first, let's dive into Tennessee basketball. And the Tennessee Vols are on fire. And the Dalton Connect show continues. Mm-hmm. It continues. How are we, guys? Austin, how are we doing, buddy? Uh, Pretty freaking good. Uh, we got this guy right here on my t-shirt. Uh, he is the greatest player on the face of God's green earth. I don't care what's happening in the NBA. I think this guy's better. Um, we are, man. I know we basically did what we were supposed to do against Vandy, but man, he put up thirty-two again. He put he put up thirty-two. I think it's like four straight games now of twenty-five plus. We are just so beyond blessed to have Dalton connect. Yeah, in our lives, and I'm just, just thankful every day. How are we, Jordan? Doing great. Um, same thing Austin said, man. It's been fun watching these basketball balls so far this season. It's been fun watching the Dalton Connect show. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty much every game at this point. He's got me standing on my feet waiting to see what he's going to do next or mm-hmm. how many points he's going to score next. So this has been a really fun ride, and hopefully it continues for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, we were speaking of Dalton Connect. <clears throat> we'll get more into that because, in my opinion, he's the best non-bias here, no bias, the best basketball player in the country right now. Um, I think a lot of people would say that. But I got a quick little story we mentioned before we came on air here. Of I was in the mountains this past weekend, and Tennessee was playing Vanderbilt. And Dalton Connect started doing his thing, just going absolutely crazy and driving up score. Uh, to give Tennessee the lead, and my dad is my dad's outside grilling steaks and <clears throat> potato skins and all that stuff outside. And in this cabin that we rented, on the outside of the porch, there's like a big surround sound. So we had the big surround sound on the game. And my dad, my dad loves the Tennessee Vols. Like he's a big fan, but he hasn't watched much sports because he's been out of town for work a whole bunch um, this year. So he hasn't really gotten a chance to watch Tennessee basketball. But Don Connect starts to go on his little run, and the surround sound's going outside. And my dad walks up in the cabin. He's like, who in the world is Dalton Connect? He's like, I've just heard his name like 30 times in a row. I'm like, well, you better get used to it because you're going to hear it a whole lot more. Because Don Connect is the most ridiculous athlete I've ever seen. Him, the way he drives to the basket, he can just do whatever he wants in the air. It's so smooth. And it's so like just crisp and smooth and just it's it's like he's gliding and no 
it's it's the strangest looking thing, but it's the prettiest thing I've ever seen. The way he goes up and the the the, the English he puts on the ball, the spin he puts on the ball for that ball to go in is just glorious looking. It it's just mesmerizing to watch that. Mm-hmm. It's uh he's flat out the SEC player of the year if he keeps this up. I mean, that's that's not even a big deal right now. I, I want him to be national player of the year. I don't give I don't give a damn about this guy named Zach Eady at Purdue. He's seven foot four. He just does layups. It feels like, uh, I mean, and makes free throws because he gets, he's a foul machine. He gets, he gets more fouls than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, and I just, I don't think that makes him a better player. I mean, maybe he's a better rebounder, but he he's also seven foot four. And tell, tell me which one of these guys is a better pro career in front of him. And tell me which one would you take if you were going to, Go make a run in the NCAA tournament, and that's Dalton Connect on both fronts. And his points per game is going up every freaking time. Four straight games of twenty-five plus. Is tonight's thirty-two. I mean, God, he could have been. He could have scored thirty. I think thirty-seven if he made his free throws like he had been. Uh, he's just freaking unreal, man. And poor, good lord, poor Vandy. They are just dead to the world. That arena was. That arena was what, what, what was it? Ninety percent orange. I mean, if took out students, it would have been about ninety-five percent orange. I mean, just an absolute. I mean, everything Vandy athletics outside of baseball is is dead, dead as a doorknob right now. Um, real, real quick. Sorry, Jordan. Just real, real quick. I'm looking at the comments, and um, our friend Dr. chimes in. If you haven't been seeing the little Twitter war between Dr. and Austin, you talking about Dr. Gump. <laughs> anyway but i got another comment from one of my buddies brad Irvin, who says grant williams went off the other night against sacramento and dr um is well known that austin hates grant williams so <laughs> continue to troll but dr johnson says who loves their team more rainy's dad with the balls or austin with the gators <laughs> oh. Uh, if you haven't listen, seen this Twitter listen, order, get on there and look at it. Listen, I'm not I'm not tweeting roll tide like like this guy is. Okay, don't don't come at me with this Gator fan BS because I took a Gator shirt from a, a game that they were giving out for free, and I take souvenirs from everywhere. Don't take that. Don't take that for anything, man. Dr. Man, you, you love your you some Alabama football. You, you said nicer things about the Gators than I've ever dreamed of saying, and. <laughs> You know, let's just let's leave it at that. And Grant Williams, I think Grant Williams is amazing, but I wouldn't classify him as a big man. That was my only take right there. <laughs> oh man, if you haven't been following that on Twitter, please get on and, and look at Austin's Twitter mm-hmm. war with the arts. One of the funniest things I've read all day. But anyways, uh <laughs> I think I came out on top. I feel that's what she said. Um, but huh, I think I, I think I, I think I was the, the victor there. I won the poll at least. <laughs> He said, "Dr. Chompton says no, but you're wearing opposing team's clothes and cooking for Spurrier. Imagine, <laughs> I wore it one time outside to play basketball, and it was raining, and I didn't want to get any other shirt dirty. That's the only instance I wore that T-shirt. I don't even know where it is now. I don't even know where it is now. And, sir, we don't know. You could have, you you could have a whole collection of Bama clothes." He says, Vandy is dead of the world. Austin is dead to me. Cheaters always answer, Austin. <laughs> Buddy. Oh, my <laughs> God. 
this is glorious. This is this Twitter gold right now. But you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, that MySpace really isn't a thing anymore because I don't know if you guys remember back in the day. Or, uh, Rainy, you may remember. Remember, like back, I think it was Foot Locker. They would always have like the college T-shirts out, and you could do like two for eighteen or two for twenty. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. I used mm-hmm. to always buy those all the time. So I would walk around with like a Pittsburgh basketball shirt on or a USC mm-hmm. trophy because they were two for 18. And if you ever pull those old pictures up, it would be disgusting at the shirt you would find me in. I would I would get absolutely ridiculed to no end. Well, this is that, that, was, that was MySpace days. This is reality right now. <laughs> we were we were a lot younger then. We were young and dumb. That's true. Austin just wears gator gear. So I wore a t-shirt one time. And it was outside, and it just rained, and and we have asphalt, and it's gonna get everything was gonna get covered in black. It's just, I don't know why I said this happened. I, I'm a fucking idiot for that part. But I should have never mentioned it. But for some reason, it came up at a tailgate, and now Eric's gonna tell about it for the rest of time, and then word spread, and so on and so forth. I'm just. Uh, no one on earth owns more orange than I do. No one on the face of God's green earth owns more orange shirts than I do. I can tell I you what, a lot the majority of our fan base owns a lot of orange, but they don't own any gator gear, probably. I was given the shirt at a Gators Tennessee basketball game when we got our ass kicked in Gainesville. I drove eight hours for that. Be be honest, you you purchased the shirt in Gainesville. No, it that's what I got. No, no, no I did it, not. That, I, I'll never forget that day though. That was the day the uh, all the Pruitt stuff came out, and they had the student section, a Florida student section. They were doing like uh, McDonald's bags and on the jumbotron. <laughs> it was very. We were getting our ass kicked somehow. The one time Mike White ever beat anybody by a lot, it was that time. <laughs> the other <laughs> time Mike did it. All <laughs> <Sure. laughs> Austin's MySpace top eight. Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez, Joachim Noah, Urban Meyer, Shark Humper, Andy, AOC. (laughs) 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 You know, gosh, this is such a great opening to a podcast. I'm glorious. Watch, listen to this. Scotty Proctor jumps in. No ball span has a gator shirt. Uh, <laughs> um, um, Anyways. Um, Austin's looking like he got somebody breaking into his house again. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on. Anyways. All right. Back to back to the Duncan next show. Jordan, you are about to chime in. Yeah, I was just um, going to say the the same thing you said about like one thing that amazes me is like when he drives through the drives through the rim, the amount of English he can put on that ball anywhere on the backboard to make it go in. Like it's just he always puts it, you know, in, in the perfect places with the perfect touch. And you know, another thing is like when he shoots the basketball, I can't think of how many times he shot the basketball and it's actually hit the rim. Like every time he shoots it and it goes in, it's like nothing but net every time. Um, he's just he's unbelievable, and you know he's a three level scorer. He can go, he can get to any spot on the floor that he wants to score from anywhere, score in a variety of ways. His jump shot is very very pretty. Um, finisher around the rim, um, 
he's he's just he's really really fun to watch. I mean, I think the biggest question, and I don't know, maybe you guys talked about this already, but in our lifetime, where do you rank him? Like in our lifetime, like I mean, I was alive for the Allen Houston days, but I don't, I didn't see the Allen Houston days. My um, my remembrance of Tennessee basketball goes back to like two thousand. So I just, you know, to me, it's Chris Lofton, Grant Williams. And Dalton Connect are three, but I don't know what order to put one through three because they're all three great in their own way. Mm-hmm. Dr. Chimes back in again. Do y'all worry we are peaking too soon? I've heard that argument, but with Triple J and Vescovy not doing as much as they could, I don't agree. I don't think we're peaking. I think we're gradually getting better. I, I've never been a I've never been a fan of the idea of peaking. I just think it's like I guess I guess I guess you do get hot. Like your teams get hot, yeah, I do agree with peaking a little bit, but I think it's just basically getting hot, certain things flowing right at the right time. And no, I wouldn't say that. I think this team's in a certain season. They're in the season of Dalton Connect absolutely being everything, but that's not going to always be it. Dalton Connect will have a 15-point game eventually, and Triple J, Santiago, and Awaka, somebody's going to have to step up and be the lead force, leading force in the game. And I think we'll get there. I, I think Connect, though, will keep having these kind of uh, lost in fantasy. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do think we will keep having um, nights like this, though. I think I think we got more nights than these than we do, uh, you know, not. But um, but back to what Jordan said. Um, have I ever seen a guy like this for Tennessee basketball? I mean, I guess the best I've ever seen is Lofton and Grant, and I put him, I put Connect what he's doing this season. Just, the, just I mean, as a career, I guess you got to give them more. But in this one season, I've never seen a guy like this. I've never seen a guy where you just know he is the show. Like he is okay. Just everyone can do whatever they want. This guy is doing this right now. Just let him roll, and we're going to be a okay. Like I've never seen like- that. I feel like the closest thing to that was Lofton because there were nights when Lofton would get hot and you just knew every time he shot the ball, it was going in. I think Kinnett is the perfect combination of both of those guys, right? Like Grant did all of his work in the paint around the rim, you know, in his college career, didn't really shoot a lot of threes. Lofton shot a lot of threes, didn't do a lot of work around the rim because of his height. Kinnett does all that. Like he finishes around the rim, can get points around the rim. He can also shoot the three. Like he's a combination of both of those guys, and he's just – it's unbelievable at how he can get his shot from anywhere, create his shot from anywhere, get to any spot on the floor. It's just he's he's a cheat code on offense. And as far as like the picking early question, I don't think we are, and I don't think I worry about that because you have the guy that can get you out of any kind of slump. Like we've seen these scoring mm-hmm. slumps in the past because we didn't have a guy that you could say when we're in a two-minute scoring slump, get in the ball and everybody get out of the way. You're not seeing that many score, uh, scoring slumps this season because you have Dalton Kinnett who can stop those slumps very, very quickly. Yeah, we were talking about that. Me and Austin were talking about that uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure if you were on that podcast or not, Jordan, but we're talking. I think you were. We we're talking about the droughts. There, there haven't been many. Yeah, and it's because we can score with Dalton Kinnett. He doesn't. A- he doesn't allow the droughts to happen. Mm-hmm. He's a solution. To yeah. the droughts, yeah, ending like uh, he's 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 
He's everything. I mean, he's so freaking good. It's it's, it's one of those it's one of those things where he sees he like senses it, and he he doesn't allow he doesn't allow it to happen. He's like, this and, is not going to happen. And another way that you end those scoring droughts is you get to the free throw line, yeah. and mm. his ability to draw fouls and get to the free throw line that also stops scoring droughts. So he's just he's the cheat code for this team that has fixed. All these years that we've all complained about the offense and how it could have these droughts and we couldn't score in the 60s, we'd have to play in the 50s. He himself has fixed all those issues. And as long as he keeps playing like this and he stays healthy, this team, is to me, is that team. It's finally that team that has all the pieces. I mean, it has every piece you need. It has one of the top point guards in the country in Zakai. It has the guy who can score at will anytime he wants to, who can lead a team and connect. It finally has the big guy that can get you something and can play defense around the rim. It has the veteran leaders and Vescovy and Josiah and Meshack and those guys that are the leaders or the role players or the glue guys. Like you have all the pieces there to be that type of team that you see every year that goes on a run of March. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and here's another thing I like about it. Like um, this team, I, I was a bit worried that the team would, kind of be a little jealous or not really want to make this guy the main show, even though he's the best player on the team, clearly. But they are very they, – they want him to score. I mean, they they want this for him. I mean, hell, a do is in the postgame asking him, like, when are you going to go for 40? When is it going to happen? Come on, man. Like, it, as a joke. And, like, everyone loves this. I mean, no one – I don't – I get at the – early in the season, we got the vibe kind of that uh, Santiago was a little bit jealous. You felt like something was there. But I think that might have been – we were kind of sensing the wrong stuff there. I think that was mostly just stuff that Scobie was dealing with himself and it didn't have anything to do with to connect or whatsoever, whatever's going on with the team. But you get the vibe like, hell, Josiah loves connect and I don't see anything with Santiago and him. And Adu obviously loves it. I mean, they, they understand. all The whole team understands this guy is the best player in all college basketball. And if we just help this guy as much as we possibly can and do our part, we can win it all. I'm not kidding like it, it can't happen that's the best solution for this team is to run everything through this guy have this guy be the vocal focal point and man we are just so blessed to have a guy like this and the thing about us no one really i mean i'm not gonna act like this was a completely under the radar no one saw no one saw it after this guy kind of prospect because we had to battle out Indiana, Oregon. I think North Carolina was in on it a little bit too. And we had to spend a lot of NIL for connect to come here. But I mean, he was the conference player of the year where he was, but you didn't see anything of what he's, he's doing now. From what I understand, he has changed his body like in ways like, I mean, he's a night and day from what he was last, last year, 10 months ago. I mean, this guy is just, he, he, Rick Barnes put him through the NBA program basically and got his body into NBA shape. And now we are just reaping the benefits of this 23 year old mature high IQ skilled and just like talent from God we have. I mean, it's just, you don't, you don't get this often. Like this is not normal what we're getting right here. Normally a guy like this realizes this kind of talent early on. And you never get to see him reach his peak in college. You know, you don't get to see a guy this talented be this good at this age. It just so happened. He spent a lot of time in Northern Colorado and never really got the full, fully unleash what he was capable of. 
and then we get him here and we get him in that kind of shape and we get him when all of his gifts are just like matured to a good degree. I mean, this guy is so freaking good. He's going to go like top 15 at least in the draft. He, he's so, he's, I, I think he, and he keeps playing like this, like if 20 points a night is his floor and 40 something is his peak for the next two months. I don't see how he's not player of the year. I don't care about Zach Eady. I think Zach Eady is a, I, I mean, he won last year too. And I just, I, I don't, I feel like his game is just kind of a little cheat code. You know, it's, a, I'm so freaking big. I'll just get the rebounds and get fouled a bunch. It doesn't feel like that's the best player. I mean, it just like when you watch connect, I mean, he's a three level score. He can score any way, shape and form as a, as these hops it can is the best shooter you can ask for almost. And God, he's just so freaking good. Um, Rob, Rob, our buddy Rob chimes in. He goes, first half free throws were bad Saturday. And I want to kind of piggyback off that we're bad first half. Previous UT teams feel felt like when they came out and had a horrible first half, the majority of those teams always came out and it kind of continued. It, it, it didn't get any better. Don Connect was missing shots. Don Connect was missing free throws in the first half. What he didn't do in the, in the second half is miss free throws and miss shots. That's what he didn't do. And that is a sigh of relief when you have a guy that can just completely forget his mental funk and his mentality and completely just continue to shoot, continue to play. He doesn't remember missing. He only shoots to make, and that's crazy to watch him first half, second half. First half was terrible. He forgot about second half. Light turned on. Boom. It's over. I think it was two things with them struggling in the first half. I think, one, they had the week off. You could tell that they were rusty Mm -hmm. from the week off early, and then they got in the flow of the game and then took off. Second thing with, like, Don Connect struggling in the first half, that was the first time he's ever played in that gym. and We all know that gym's shit. So mm, yeah. it probably took him a little bit to adjust to the sight lines of the basket and the seats because it's the, it's a funky gym. There's so real lights going on too. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think, you know, it probably took him a little bit to adjust to that type of arena playing in that game with with fans in the seats. Um, you know, and going back to what Austin was talking about, about how this team respects him, I mean, I think it's two things. I think it's one point Austin hit, which is they know he's the best player in the country. And they, if they mm-hmm. want to go where they all want to go, then they know the best chance of that happening is to get out of the way and give him the basketball. The second thing I think the reason why they respect him so much is because from everything I've read, every interview the players have said, the kid works his ass off. Like he stays in the gym. He's one of the hardest workers on the team. And I think him coming in and being that way from day one earned the respect of all the upperclassmen because they see how hard he works and how hard he wants this, and it rubs off onto all of his teammates. Um, I mean, they like I even read today that they said I think it was Meshack or Rod Clark said that when Don Kinnett came in on his visit back in the summer, that him and Meshack played one on one on his official visit, and wow. and Meshack after the visit was over called his mom and said he's the best player in the country and he's going to come here because he doesn't care about anything else but being a hooper. He doesn't care about playing video games. He doesn't care about going to the bars. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. All he cares about is hooping. That's why he's going to come here. Do uh, have you heard anything about 
the comment at the bottom screen from DR. I heard he won't get draft lottery because of his age. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's what I've heard. It's, he won't go in the top 15. He'll probably go in the bottom teens or the twenties. I'll, I'll say this as a Miami heat fan, our first round draft pick last year was Yama Yaquez out of UCLA. And he went to UCLA for four seasons and he'll, he's 22 years old. He'll be 23. And outside of Victor Wembanyama, who's a freak. We all know. Yami's been the best rookie in the entire NBA this season. Like he came in NBA ready to play, to contribute. I think that may change some thinking across the NBA landscape with GMs to say, look at this kid who spent four years. We knocked him down the board because of his age, but he came in and made an immediate impact on his team and on the league. And I think that may help Dalton Connect's case of, if a team in the lottery wants somebody who could be an instant impact player, an instant impact starter, go with the more veteran guy who has the more experience over the younger guy that's going to take you a couple of years to develop him the way you want to develop him. Um, yeah, I don't – sports are – when it comes to age, I, I think sports has, is kind of it's, – it's, it's different now. People can play longer. They're 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 they they play longer now. They don't they don't retire young like they used to. I mean, not like they used to, but you get what I'm saying. People's body, like the training and the and the 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 doctors and the medicines and everything that they have, I feel like these players can just play so much longer than they used to, and they can stay healthy for a long time because people keep saying, you know, like the. The new fit, the fifties, I mean, thirties, a new fifty, like you know that kind of thing. It's like I feel like people are just in such good shape because they have the technology and the things around them to keep them in shape like that. So, like you said, Jordan, it kind of changed the landscape when Miami Heat's first round draft pick last year was 22, 23 years old. It's like I don't think they care if a player is that good; they're going to take them. They're just going to take them. It's like okay. Uh, this guy could come in the league and he's 19 years old, uh, but he's really young. Well, Don Connect has been in college basketball for a little bit and he's mature. So you're getting those, you're getting the the mature years right away. You don't well, hate that. And if you're taking a 19 year old kid, let's, let's say you, you're you're using the comparison of a 19 year old kid versus a 22 year old Don Connect. Okay, Don Connect walks in at 22 years old and he's an instant impact player, maybe a sixth man off the bench. It's going to take three years for the 19-year-old to even adjust to NBA life, the maturity of playing in the NBA, development. So you're wasting three years on a on a player when you could have already had somebody who's ready to come in and play right now. So yeah. I think, you know, these these league circles and any league saying, oh, well, let's take a kid that might need some development, a 19 over a kid that's 22 who's ready to play. I never understood that thinking to begin with because you're wasting those three year, three to four years Waiting for him to develop the way you want him to develop, anyway. Yeah. So, so Don Connect is twenty two. Twenty three. I think the twenty three. Yeah, he's okay, born. I thought it was twenty two. So, but I, even I, anyways, it's not that big of a difference. I've heard twenty three no. a lot. I, I don't. Like, here's my thing on the whole issue. I don't really care where he's taking the draft. I'm just happy <laughs> as hell he's playing for us right now. Yeah. I would. I think we are blessed that we found Chico to get this guy at the age of twenty three, and he. And I think this is, man, we are just so freaking blessed. And this guy stays healthy. He is I, 22 years old and turns 23 oh. in April. Oh, well. Okay. okay. So, so, so by the time he's done playing, 23, yeah. 
Yeah, because he'll be playing in April. Uh, DR asked the question. We'll get to this in a little bit. How bad is it going to hurt if we get an early exit? Wait, wait. Honestly, what, you, what is what is his birthday? Actually, exactly. Huh? Someone see something. It is April nineteenth. Oh man, it'd be freaking awesome if uh, <laughs> we're in the final four on his birthday. <laughs> Here's my take. You know, and I said this on a few podcasts 50. to go with like this basketball season and this team. And I know Rainey's take is Rick Barnes chokes a march. And I agree with him. Rick Barnes does choke a march. But here's my thing in this whole season of why my opinion is this, that we can't blame it on Rick Barnes this season. If if there's an early exit, in my opinion, you cannot. Rick Barnes has literally changed everything about himself this season. He's mm-hmm. changed the way he coaches. He's changed his offense. He's changed like he's changed the mindset of the team. Now he's preaching shoot the ball. We need more offense over defense. Everything that we've complained about over the past three to four years of why this team couldn't win a march, Rick's completely done a 180 on it and has done the opposite of that. And it's now doing everything we asked him to do for three or four years. And if we lose a march again, I don't think it's going to be because Rick didn't do a certain thing. I think it's going to be either because a team just got hotter than us and just outshot us, or a team found a way to slow Dalton Connect down and either Vescovy or Triple J or somebody didn't step up enough to fill that void, and that's how we get knocked out. Okay, so so DR asked that question, but he had a comment earlier that I completely missed. He said, Randy and Austin, do you all see a difference in Barnes this year? Jordan, Jordan and I have talked about it, and it seems different. Letting the guys play more loose – and coaching more loose gives me hope for March. I agree with everything you said, Jordan, and what you just said, Dr. I, I I agree with it because what you just said is what I've been thinking the past couple of weeks. That this can't be on Barnes if they have an early exit. Now, now if he does like some bonehead coaching thing, then yes, that's on Barnes. But if he keeps letting them play that the way he's been letting them play loose, like Dr. said, then that's that's not on Barnes because. He has changed everything. He's changed the we we're gonna score more. He still they still play great defense, but he's he's letting people shoot out of their funk. He's not pulling them as soon as they miss a shot. He's letting them stay in the game. And like like take Jordan Ganey for example. Uh, you could have easily just yanked him and just completely killed his confidence, but no, he keeps playing him. And Jordan Ganey. It seems like he's finding a little rhythm out there. It seems like he is he's feeling pretty good about where he is on a team. He knows his role. He's not trying to do too much like he was earlier in the season. He's kind of slowing down and taking good shots. He's not out of control like he's been. He has out of control moments, but not like he did at the beginning of the season. And I've said it several times in the podcast. I think he is the key to March. I think if he gets going, you won't be able to stop this team. Because if he's open and he's making shots – that 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 means that Dalton Connect's either getting double teamed and the and he's making shots and that's just such a weapon. If they, you can't leave them bo- like both open if they're making shots like that, because Ganey, and like I previously said on the on several podcasts too as well, he's so good at driving in the basket. I mean he's quick, but he's starting to shoot threes and he's starting to make them. That's freaking scary, dude. If he continues to keep this up. And another thing that Rick Barnes has been doing this season, too, that I've complained about in the past is he continues to throw the freshman out there to give them, like J.P. Estrella did or not, played a couple of minutes. He threw De Leon in there. 
Like in the past, he didn't play these young kids once we got into SEC play. He buried them on the end of the bench, and they only played if somebody got in foul trouble or somebody got hurt. Now he's giving these kids minutes in the middle of SEC games on the road at home in big-time environments, and that's only going to continue to develop this roster to be deeper as we get into March because my two worries in March are two things. Number one is there will be a team. It's going to happen in a, in a five, six-game stretch. It's, it's going to happen. There will be a team who doubles connect and forces the ball out of his hands so they so he doesn't beat them. And then it's going to come down to does Santi, does Triple J, does anybody else, Zakai, Adu, does anybody else pick that slack up and score 20, 25? Does Triple J give you 15 or 16? Can they fill the void and win that game when that's the one game somebody takes Don Connect out? And right now, Triple J is awful. Like, he's awful. And, 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 and I think know, the only way and, – He's and, hurt a little bit. I, yeah, from what but, I understand, he had his hand all taped up for the Vandy game, and he was now, had now, the flu I'm, and, last week. And here, here's my take. Like I'm not a Triple J fan. Like I'm not at all. But here's my take on the Triple J thing. I get it. He's hurt. But should we not be used to that after five years? The kid stays hurt. Like that's part of his. That's who he is yeah. at this point. He stays dinged up every year. He's got something: a knee, a wrist, an ankle. Like he's injury prone. Like he's he he gets nicks and bruises, yeah. and then when he does, he disappears for weeks on end. Like that's just who he is as a person, as a player at this point. But we kind of we kind of got the idea that he was finally healthy this year. And it was looking like it. He was driving to the rim every time he was dunking. He was making threes. It felt really good. Like his NC State game was great. It felt like he really was into his own. But now I guess we're back on that whole track and maybe making it through a whole season. It's just not his thing. But what he gives you on defense, what he gives you setting things up. I think uh, it's, it's more, that's, mainly that's defense. pretty great. He gives you on defense. Like when he's in the game, you know he's not going to score. But I'm not a big of a big of a Triple J hater as a lot of people are. I think he comes through clutch in, in a lot of moments throughout the season. He's been on a little rut. He's been in a little rut for a couple And scored two, over two, eight points yeah. in I think almost two months. He's been in a little rut, but then but then he'll do that thing where he'll come out and he'll hit like crucial threes or something like that. And it's just like he comes through big at certain times, but I agree with you about the injury thing. It's like, man, it's it's every year. But I yeah. the, the the defensive side of the ball for me is where he just does that glue on people. Like he just locks them down. The two and things that for this team that I've been harping on is Triple J not filling in offensively and Vescovy not playing as well. My like I get their shots have pretty much been cut in half because mm -hmm. Connect is taking their shots, and I get that. But my complaint is this: there's still two or three times a game where Vescovy and Triple J are getting wide open looks where nobody's yeah. around them and they're missing them. Those, you have to hit those. Like when nobody's around you and you're wide open, it's a catch and shoot three, it's a clean look, give me those. If you go two for five, but you hit the two wide open jump shots, I'm fine with that. The problem is they're only getting five shots a game, four of them are wide open looks, and they're missing them, and they're shooting one for five. That's my issue with Vescovy and Triple J right now. Yeah. Santiago, I feel like he's finally kind of getting back into his own. He seems to be kind of slipping through it. it. He had, I think, 10 against Bama and 10 last night. He's actually starting to he's starting to shoot with a little more confidence now. And he, he's he's had his he's had the energy on defense for about a month. So I'm I'm feeling okay about Santi. Josiah, 
I hope he can get healthy and become what he was, but it's it's what it is. But at least Ganey can and is starting to come to his own and actually playing some pretty good defense, which is crazy to say. Looks like maybe he's actually adjusted. Um, and if he can improve on that even some more, he can take some of Josiah's minutes and fill in these gaps because we're actually God, it's so encouraging. Barnes is actually not he's not doing stupid stuff. He's not doing stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Like he got a, he got a tech. Playing, he got a technical, which I don't they, understand how I've been, those I've rest been, were those I've, rest I've, were weird as hell. They were so weird. But that's what I've that's what I've been screaming about Rick Barnes the, the most in my my he's gotten two this season bashing of Rick Barnes in the past. It's like man get pissed off. Just get mad. Show your team that you're mad with them. And he did. And as soon as that happened, they went to the half and they came out and kicked butt. I mean, they took names. And that goes back to what we're talking about, Randy. He's completely different. His whole persona, his whole coaching, like everything about him this season is just completely different. It's like all these complaints that we've had about him. He took all those and he said, okay. And then now he's being exactly how we wanted him to be for four seasons now. And Because he listens listens to this show. That's the reason why. It it's just uh you know when you start getting to 70, I feel like that's when coaches get in their prime, you know. <laughs> Everything starts to even out. You know, you know, like when people you know, like when people hit a certain age and they're just old, they don't care about anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, I I would like Rick say Martin's that. like, I, ah, I feel like he's trying, I feel like he's trying harder than he's ever had. He's just not stubborn anymore. He does he's crazy. Not stubborn. And how many he's trying things, he's open-minded. How many times have we said that word? He's stubborn. He hasn't been stubborn at all. Like Jordan, what you said, he's in Dawson, like he's changed. Like he's not the same coach. So, the, and this is what a lot of the fans have been screaming about. No one's screaming that like, oh, he's a terrible coach. He's a bad coach. He's a great coach, but he can never get out of his own way. And he's getting out of his own way this year. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you guys play. Man, I've been saying that for years and years and years, man. Let the athletes be athletes. Let them do what they're good at. And he's I mean, letting them do what they're good at. And we're not saying he's completely changed. I mean, I think, I think he still has some of he, he still has a timeout issue. I, I wish he'd take more timeouts to end runs. And uh, I wish he let guys play with two fouls in the, in the first half sometimes. But outside of that, he's pretty much changed. I mean, hell, he's letting Connect go out there and just I mean, yeah, he's be the focal point. Uh, and Zakai's even getting a little bit of rest. Oh my god, I thought Zakai's gonna play 38 minutes until until the end of the year, every time. But he's finally letting Zakai get a little rest and uh, really play matchups well. Like, you know, you, you just don't see, like, sometimes you don't see Meshack, but you'll see Meshack a lot some days. Like, it's all matchup-oriented, which we've always had good good game plans under Barnes. He's always been a great game planner and knows how to attack teams. But it, it feels like he's more open-minded to offensive philosophies now, and he's understanding that you got to score a lot to win games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, I never have mentioned Rick Barnes taking anything to the grave, okay? Man, DR, it, DR jumps in again. DR is like our number one fan tonight, but he's, <laughs> he's always been a number one fan. What do you mean? Dude, he's like, been number DR. one for a DR's while. He's one of the coolest dudes in the world, you know. He's a great guy, one of, the, one, of the, one of the greatest, coolest people you'll ever hang out with. But uh, it goes back to Austin and DR's debate on Twitter today. Uh, of course, Austin brings up timeouts, just like his boy, West Rucker. <laughs> That's when you went too far, okay? I have never supported the West Rucker philosophies. 
Okay. <laughs> Nothing like Wes Rucker. Please don't put our names next to each other ever. Oh, um, my gosh. I love that people actually think me and DR hate each other. It's the funniest <laughs> thing. I like I love VR and but like people are apparently like DMing us like are, are you guys really you guys really hate each other? I didn't know you guys hate each other. I'm like, no, you idiots, we're just having fun. They just like it's like when me and you go back and forth, and I'm like super mean to you. People are like get so mad at me. I'm like, dude, read and also like best friends, dude. What are you talking about? The same thing every day. The same thing has happened with me and Leland on Twitter, where me and him get into it on Twitter all the time. And then yeah. a lot of people who know us, they'll be like, do y'all really hate each other? Like, no, no. dude, we tailgate the same place every Saturday. No. Like, we text all the time. No, we just talk crap to each other. It's like, DR, we... DR comes up with the quickest one-liners of anybody I've ever met in my life. Like, I don't know how he comes up with this so quick in his head. Like, he his... His roast sessions at tailgates are absolutely ridiculous. Like you can't even get anything out of your mouth, and he's done roasted you for fifteen straight minutes. So it's like, how do you come up with this stuff so quick? Oh man, no, it was funny because Dr. <clears throat> talking about him being such a such a great guy, uh, he randomly showed up to my mom's funeral. And he just shows up, and everyone's in there mourning and like sad. And I mean, of course, I'm sad because my mom passed away, but. Me and him and my fiance and my sister are in the corner just cracking jokes where everybody's like sitting down, like crying and stuff like that. And DR's like just punching out these one liners. And they're like, uh, people are coming up to me and they're like, Oh, are you okay? And like, No, my mom's right there in a casket. You, how do you think I'm? You think I'm okay? <laughs> like, that's what DR is like saying those kind of things. Like, it's just really funny. But yeah. Um, that's that's his personality dude it's just like cuts up in like the mm-hmm. worst times and it's like because yeah. that's what people should be like i, I hate I, I this generation i feel like my generation i guess it takes things a little too seriously and just if there's any kind of back and forth thing oh there's some hatred there there's some strong hate like no we're just it's funny like it's funny man like, we're just making jokes about each other because we know each other and it's funny i like if i know a person a month I'm gonna make a. I'm I'm gonna make fun of whatever your little flaw is if it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's like, uh, oh, this guy. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I, I I get tired of people being like sensitive. It's, it's yeah. It gets old. It, get, it really yeah. gets old. And I just I'm never about about that. And like it was funny. Uh, uh, the the guy on Twitter, the Kentucky fan. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? You you know what I'm talking about. J Rod. J Rod. He was showing all the accounts that block him. I was like, "How would I block you? You're entertaining as hell." Oh, dude, <laughs> it's so funny watching him. Uh, like they they were talking about Don Connect, and like if people can't understand, like when people are trolling people, like I I, I don't know what to, what to tell you because it's the most obvious thing, and people just fall for it. It's that's that's I I so fall for obvious. It too, I'll be honest. Well, I know you do, but I I <laughs> I never. I, I, I think you the worst takes. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I'll be sitting there trolling. Also, I'll, I'll I'll be like, uh, I'll be like, uh, some player. I'll be like, Mike Holly uh, is better than LeBron, and like Austin will sit there and argue with me like for twenty minutes about just just an example of something stupid. I'll say to him, and he'll sit there and argue to me for like twenty minutes. I'm like, is this dude really think I'm serious right now? No, and like you'll that pick something. Thing. You'll pick something more of like an extreme opinion, but kind of believable, and really hammer that. It's the <laughs> it's most it's the this gray area that you hit hard, and it just pisses me off. <laughs> I, you just you know how to. You're very good at it. I'm gonna be honest. 
I know it's intentional. It's it's a skill you have. We were we were sitting real quick. We, I want to move on to the NFL right after this, but I want to get to this playoff real picture real quick and our new topic. What's worse? Uh, but it's so funny when I'm trolling Austin and we're in person and we're like sitting at a bar or a table or something like that, and I'm trolling him, and it's almost like a light bulb c- comes on like eight minutes into the conversation. He's like, you know what? Screw you. You're trolling me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a light bulb. It just like pops on, well, and it's just like so funny. I feel like Roadrunner and the 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 Coyote. Roadrunner and, and the Coy- Wiley Coyote because I know what's I, this has happened like nine thousand times. <laughs> like I, I just, I just, I just fall for it every time. It's crazy. Like I, I sometimes, I, sometimes I know it, but I'm still wanting to argue on it because I know I can win the argument. And I'm just gonna see how far you go into your ridiculous uh, corner. If how, how far you'll go with it. You, Rob, Rob comes in and says, "Austin gets too close to people when he drinks." That is one thousand percent accurate. Well, yeah. If you if you ever want some up close personal interaction with Austin, just come by the tailgate and put a few beers in his hand. <laughs> he'll, he'll whisper sweet nothings in your ear for the entire tailgate. <laughs> This, oh this, this is true. This is true. I, I, I want to make sure you got the message. Oh, god. oh my god, that's so freaking funny. All this is get roasted this entire podcast. <laughs> it's not anything new, man. Oh, it's totally fair, fair and funny. Uh, okay, all right. Let's... I can't sit here and say, "Oh, you can't be sensitive." Field making jokes about you and get angry. <laughs> get angry. Uh, <laughs> Rob Chop back in and said you tongued his ear once. <laughs> we'll be in Alabama. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I oh, probably just thought I did because oh, sometimes shit. spit when I talk. Golly. <laughs> um wear a raincoat. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna show up at a tailgate next time. You remember uh the skit back in the 90s with D Generation X and Sergeant Slaughter when he spit and they wore the goggles yeah. that had the windshield yeah. wipe? I'm gonna show up one of those to a tailgate one time so I can have a conversation with Austin and just turn them on when he's drunk so he doesn't spit all spit all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably a good idea. Maybe I should bring like the the the, the, the dentist bib, whatever. <laughs> Uh, Frank chimes in, which is definitely Don Connects Burner account. Just feel like, like we're learning a lot of fast. like just like Bob on our team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like we're learning a lot about Austin. Buddy, mm-hmm. yeah, no idea. I should write a book. I should I should, I should write a book and uh, read it to you an intro. Austin is like a two year old with a colored mustache. Oh, go go to hell, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Austin crosses personal space line with a mix of cross god. support. <laughs> oh my god, Dion. <laughs> and just like the Mexicans, I'll do it again. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. oh my gosh. Holy moly. Okay. So, uh... <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Well, That's a good I... <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's just do it. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like it's going to be like, fuck Austin after this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, that one man. time there was, a, there was a tailgate and uh, 
I don't know how everyone started saying fuck Austin and they all took a group photo. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They said fuck Austin. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, it's kind of life feels like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> God, man, I'm crying over here. Yeah, that'd be a good t shirt. That'd be a good t shirt. Yeah, you should. You should. I was going to get into the NFL, but let's just skip that because we already know the results in Kansas City and 49ers in the Super Bowl. I do want to talk about two things real quick, though, and I want a little segment here called What's Worse? And I want to ask both of you this question, and then I'll give my answer as well. Uh, what What's worse in this scenario? Losing the way the Lions did or losing by a blowout? Which one is worse, in your opinion? Like, how, like, you're watching your team play. What scenario is worse? The way the Lions lost or just getting absolutely annihilated, blown out, and embarrassed? As a fan? Yeah. I think the way the Lions lost, it just hurts worse. I mean, I guess when you get blown out, you feel like we, we're not even close. I mean, we're, we got all this work to do. But that makes you feel like you're not at the finish. And uh, the way the Lions lost, it made you feel like you had the team, but you just just, just screwed it up and you – screwed yourself out of an opportunity so it hurts way worse if the way the lions lost i can kind of give uh first time answer this considering my cowboys got absolutely blown out by the packers it losing the way the lions lost would hurt way worse for me to think that i'm two quarters away from going to the super bowl to only craft the bed for two quarters and lose would hurt way worse than just getting blown out from the very beginning i okay i i uh I agree with both of you because uh, that's my answer as well. But, man, the times that we played, <laughs> the times that we – DR chopped it again. It's like a uh, he said, DR said the Lions. They waited so long and got so close, yet came away like Miller Lite can in Austin's hand empty. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's funny because you're. It's funny because he's fat. Um. No, but no, I'm I, gonna spit, I, I'm gonna spit on DR extra. Yeah, you. I don't. We should just read this podcast. Has been nothing but just Austin getting just absolutely annihilated. I don't know uh, where I feel like. I don't know. I, I came out left field. It was like don't connect. The second half. Austin, fuck, fuck Austin, <laughs> fuck that guy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've I've been I've enjoyed it. It's been quite entertaining. Yes, but I uh, but I agree with both of you. Uh, but in the same sense, Tennessee football. It's like those years that we played like Alabama or somebody, and you just continually watch them just pound it down your throat. And you can't stop it, and they score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, and he pisses you off. But the good thing about getting blown out is you can turn it off because you know you're done. And that's what I I've recently had to start doing because I get too angry and I start breaking things because uh, I have a little bit of attitude problem when it comes to sports. But you you don't uh, say. Yeah, no, I don't. I, don't. I, didn't, I, I don't. never noticed. I never noticed. I don't. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, the the watching the whole game and then losing like that would just make me furious, especially the way that it unfolded 
Do you guys agree what Dan Campbell did going for it like that? No. You kicked the field goal, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I've always said I want a coach that's aggressive. There's like a line, though, that we, you can cross of where it's too aggressive to where you shoot yourself in the foot. And and kudos – I mean, credit to, to Dan Campbell, though, because, like, he went for it a lot during the season on 410. I'm pretty sure he's like he made like half of them, like over half of like he had, they had one of the highest percentage of like fourth down conversion in the entire NFL. And he, he made, I think over half of his, his uh, fourth down conversions. But the thing that Dan Campbell said, and we can close on this. And if anybody has any more comments about Austin, I'll feel free. Cause I'll put them up on the screen. Yeah. Um, Dan Campbell came out after the Lions lost, and he said, this may have been our only shot. And I know he's talking about it's hard to get back to the Super Bowl, but, man, your team just lost, and you come out and say, this may this may have been our only shot. What? Like, what does that say? Like, that that would rub me, like, not in a good way. And, and I know Dan Campbell's getting a whole lot of bashing. It doesn't really make sense to me because – Clearly, he's a good coach, and he's in his second year, so he's going to learn from his dumb mistakes because he's only a second-year coach. So, man, that that's rough as a player hearing that. This, this may be our only shot. Does that motivate your team? Yeah, going back, going back to what you said on like the decision making. Like, yeah, I want aggressive coaching, but also I want you to use your brain. That's what I feel. This is a conversation we've had about Josh Heupel. I feel like the first two years, he was insanely aggressive, and I loved it. But on a couple of, a couple instances, I felt like he was a little too aggressive, maybe a little too quick to judgment, and you know, pull, rush the gun a little bit. And this third year, he's understood the kind of team he was working with and like kick more field goals, punted a little bit more, trusted his defense. I feel like he matured some as a coach or made decisions based on the team he had around him. And I feel like... Dan Campbell at times, it just felt like this guy was like an addict, a, a, a gambling addict at a casino, and he just kept riding it. And it was addicted to the high of getting it right that those times. It, it, it I remember, I forget, I was watching them play the Cowboys, and they went for two, got it. Then there was a penalty, and they had to try again. Or, and they could just kick the field goal and go to overtime, or kick the extra point and go to overtime. But he, he decided we're going to go for it from our own 10-yard line to try to get the lead of a minute left. And I was just like, are, are you – what? That's, that's crazy. And it didn't feel like they put in – like they didn't think about it. They just snapped it really fast and the play was over in a blink of an eye and they didn't get it. It just feels like they play wild and loose and, and just it, – it, it feels like a reckless abandon. And just – it's like I want you to be aggressive, but I want you to be smart too. Here's the thing about like all these fourth down decisions that get talked about <clears throat> throughout the NFL. You know, it's all based off what the analytics say. But here's here's the thing with the analytics. You know, it got started in baseball 20 something years ago. Analytics and even in basketball, you know, right around 2006, 2007. Analytics to determine how you play or how you put a team together is a very very good thing over a 162 game or an 82 game season. Because over that amount of games and the amount of that over my, that amount of sample size, the analytics are going to be right. But when you get into a crunch time and you get into a win or go home situation, analytics are not going to 
dictate what you should do in a win or go home situation because you don't have a big enough sample size in that moment to say you should or shouldn't. In that situation, you kick the field goal, you make it a three-score game, you rely on your defense to prevent them from scoring three times, and you put the pressure back on the 49ers. Um, like, I'm a believer in analytics. I like it. Like, it, it can tell you a lot of good things, but you you use it over a larger sample size. You don't use it in a one-game win-or-go-home sample size. That's when yeah, you don't it, use it. And you see that in football all the time. They're like, analytics say, you should go for it on this play. And the amount of times I look at the screen, I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, go with your gut. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times you have to go with what feels right, right yeah. there. Like, yeah. you got to feel the stadium, build your team. What should we do? What, what, like, what is the thing that feels right here? Because sometimes, like, I don't know, there, there's situations where that will be the right thing. Like, I've heard people talk about, I heard this on the interview the, the other day when uh, Nick Saban, I don't like this game, but um, it was the L1 SC championship against us. And Nick Saban went for it on fourth down. He didn't get it, but the players respected him so much because they believe he believed in them. And, you know, for a defensive coach, that's kind of how that would maybe work. And a guy that's as stubborn as Nick Saban. But when you're a guy that goes for it all the time, maybe if you're on the defense and you get a little annoyed by this, thinking they don't trust us to stop these guys one time. So it can go either or. And I just feel like you've got to have a feel about the situation. I, I do like analytics. I, I like analytics a lot but like i like we said there's sometimes these moments where you gotta let human emotion make the decision for well, you perfect scenario let, let, let's let's give you guys a scenario here and let and what would you do in the situation imagine for a moment you're playing in front of 110,000 people and it's the biggest game you've had in probably four years and you just drove down the football field and it's fourth and goal from the inch yard line and you have a running back that's six three 225 pounds and you decide to kick a field goal instead of going for it. Is that the right decision or is that the wrong decision? Are you that, talking about the Jalen Hurd thing? Yes, I'm talking about the 2015 Oklahoma game when all the oh, momentum yeah. was on our side and Butch Money. Jones. I lost, his, yeah. I lost my mind. I broke. I, okay, this is how mad I got. I literally was sitting on the couch. My guitar was to the left of me. I hit my guitar and popped three strings off of it. When he lined up to kick the field goal, I was like, "We that, just lost it. We just lost see, it." That that those are the two extremes, like the extremely conservative and extremely wild. And just usually, I I tend to lean more to the aggressive decision making, but don't <laughs> can't say that word. But um, uh, don't go all the way with it. You can't fully sink into that. I mean, yeah. in that situation, your worst-case scenario is you don't get it, and then they have to go 99 yards to score a touchdown backed up in their own end zone on the inch-yard line. Yeah. Another another scenario, let's say you're in a game and you've had six turnovers and you shouldn't be in the football game, but yet somehow, some way, you drive down the football field and you score to be down to one with like 45 seconds to go in the game. The other team's defense is completely gassed. You just gashed them the entire game. And they also jump off sides on the PAT, so now you get the ball to one-yard line instead of three-yard line, and you could win and steal the game on the road by going for two and scoring, but you don't. You kick the extra point, and then you lose in overtime. Right decision or wrong decision? Well, who Is made that, that decision? Well, I don't know. That. That, that's Bush Jones, 2016, Florida? Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's, it's, you know what's sad? Know that. You know, oh, yeah. You, know, you could have gone for two. That's, yeah. The ball the ball was on the – you turned the ball over six times that game. You shouldn't even been in the game to begin with. Yeah. A&M's defense is gassed. Their hands are on their hips. They're gasping for air. Kamara had tore them apart the entire game. You just scored to bring it to a one-point football game with like 45 seconds to go. They jump off sides on the extra point to put the ball at the one, and you still kick the extra point to send it to overtime and you lose. You know I what's sad? That, man. I hated that guy so much. He's such an idiot. You know what's sad? I, I, I never felt like we had a dumber person, just, but, but at the same time, he somehow got here. How did this? How does that even happen? I mean, it's crazy. The 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 sad part about that is, is Jordan, you're naming all these scenarios, and I'm trying to figure out which time it is. <laughs> <laughs> I said Florida. Was that the Florida game? No, that was uh, that was Texas A&M. Oh, Oklahoma game? No. Like it, it's sad that. We had a guy that stupid as our head coach. I mean, he, he tried wasn't the to... worst. He wasn't the worst head coach, but he was just stupid. He was the dumbest. He was just was the most, stupid. Just, I mean, every time you got up at fourteen, it felt like we were trying to melt the clock after that. Oh gosh, he was just dumb I mean, as a brick, bry brick. He, he didn't. Ha- he had the smallest balls on the planet. Mm. I mean, he had no balls. It was like everything was such a pansy call. It felt like and. So conservative and and dumb times like he would he would try to make turn Justin Worley into a running quarterback and like dude no he, he like everything he did was just so stubborn and wrong like the opposite of what Josh Heupel does in my opinion Josh Heupel is aggressive Josh Heupel uses guys to the best of their ability that is the opposite of what Bush Jones ever did Bush Jones would take like a, a seven foot center but he needs a point he needs an employee point guard. Like that's not that didn't happen, but it's like kind of like what he would do. Uh, it's he, he's just so stubborn. He's an idiot. There's a reason he'll the never thing, go past where where he is the right thing now. About the thing about Hypel is what you just said. If if someone's like hot, he's gonna get the ball in their hands. He's gonna keep going to him and keep going to him and keep going to him. It's like how many times have I, we sat like sat there and screamed towards Tennessee football? Give the dude the dang ball, like like just like. I mean, Dooley was smart enough just to put it in Cordero Patterson's hands. Like, he was smart enough to do that. Like, oh, my God, like, this guy makes everyone miss. Dooley was a good offensive coach. He was a good offensive coach. No, he was a good – he was a great offensive coach. Just terrible defense. Oh, my God. But Bad bad head coach, too. But, like, you know, Butch Jones, he just had such a hard time playing the hot hand. It was just like, dude, give the guy that's the hottest the ball. And he just tried to give everyone their touches. And everyone, we got to share the ball. No, dude, put it in the hands of a dude that's got the on beast mode right now. And he has had so much trouble doing yeah, that. Kamara was so unstoppable that day. Mm-hmm. He was, I think AM even missed a field goal to win in regulation because we played the worst, like, prevent defense ever. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Got anything before we wrap this up? Any final thoughts? Now is your chance. I'll just say that, you know, there's a, there's a basketball game tomorrow night. South Carolina has had an underrated year so far. Um, you know, it's in TBA, so we should win this game. I just hope – I just really hope because I'm going to look ahead because I'm a fan, but Saturday night in Rump is a massive, massive matchup for Tennessee and also for Dalton Connect. Mm. And – if, if if Tennessee can go up to rump, win this basketball game, and Dalton Connect continue doing what he's doing, that almost kind of solidifies Tennessee as 
potentially your SEC regular season champ. And if Don Connect can go up there and win on that type of stage when everybody's watching and put up 35 points and lead us to a victory, you got to give him National Player of the Year at that point. Like, like you have to if that happens. It is the biggest regular season stage you can ask for. I mean, it's Rep Arena. It's it's the biggest rivalry in the Southeastern Conference, in my opinion, when it comes to basketball. It is, and it's eight thirty ESPN. I mean, have you seen the get in price for this game? It's two hundred ninety dollars to get into this game before fees. That's absolutely insane for a regular season basketball game. I mean, this is the biggest you can get in South Carolina, man. It's crazy they are not ranked right now. Find me another 15-3 and three power 16 that just beat a top-10 opponent like a drum, and they're not ranked still. That's freaking ridiculous. I don't understand how. It's a great game. It's uh, I don't believe we'll be looking ahead. That's not typically something a Rick Barnes team would do. I, I But um, I, I'm very confident in any game in TBA. I feel like we're going to bring that energy. I, I think it'll be a good game, though. And... Um, mm-hmm. Man, uh, if he win, but yeah, if we win that game, if he goes off, that's you got to give him player of the year. Um, he earlier in the season at North Carolina, the Dean Smith Dome, he had 37 points and he didn't even play like the last four minutes of that game because that's when he rolled his ankle. He could have easily got 40. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if he goes into Rump Arena and drops 40? That could tell Ew. you. Oh hell. Uh and you know what's funny? Like I, I make fun of and I crap on Kentucky fans a lot, but they are basketball, they're very smart basketball fans, and they will appreciate what they're watching, but also be so angry that he's wearing oh, orange and white. Yeah. I think they'll hate him. They will hate him, but they because they know how good he is. Mm-hmm. They know what they're looking at, and they know how the hell that we have a guy like this. Like, yeah, but e- even though the team this year is pretty good, but um and yeah, and Mississippi State, they uh they they took out Auburn this weekend. And Auburn's taking two straight L's. That really opens the door for us winning the SEC. And uh, you know, I feel like we didn't talk enough about how ninety five percent of the crowd was Tennessee fans in Memorial Gymnasium. Like we we've always feel like I feel like we've had over fifty percent of the crowd almost every time we played at Bandy for basketball uh, in the past ten years. But that was the most. It's overtaking it we've ever done. It was like there, I've seen some shots. I mean, you have to um, look real hard for a Vandy fan that's in, that isn't a student. It was an absolute takeover. Hell, our football coach is sitting there with a recruit. <laughs> it felt every way, shape, and form like a home game. I mean, Vandy is getting booed at warmups, booed everywhere they go. It's man to be a Vandy fan is just yeah, you gotta. I mean, I, I've heard how pissed off they are because they do care about basketball, the ones that do care. And there is – everyone wants Stackhouse gone, and he, he should be. I mean, he's it's weird. He's shown, like, he can be an okay coach at times at, in some ways, but overall recruiting and just total, like, situational stuff and and adjustments, he, he just, he's just – it's never going to work. What's crazy too is the guy that they fired is now at Grand Canyon. Has them at like nineteen and two, and he's going oh, yeah. to get another. He's going to get another Power Five job after here pretty soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's funny. Like he'd actually, and if he didn't coach at Vandy before, he'd be a pretty high up candidate to get that job. I think. Yeah, and, uh, it's crazy. Vandy and it's only. all because too, and it's all because Darius Garland got hurt. Like he was a, he was a top ten NBA draft pick, and he didn't get to play at Vanderbilt that one year because I think he tore his ACL oh. or something. 
and that was his prize recruit. And that's what yeah, was. They, they had a really, really bad year because he didn't they play. Were, and they fired they him. didn't win an SEC game, and I don't think this one will either. Let's let's uh, all right. Let's talk about this right, right quick, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. How bad has Memphis fallen? Did they lose this weekend again? Yeah. Oh, that's what three straight, four straight. They they have fallen. Like they were good. And now they just look Pop rough. 10. They look rough. Mm-hmm. They look rough. Poor Penny Hardaway. Penny, Penny has Which had a, this. Penny will have the best stretches and the worst stretches. He, he, whatever they are doing, they're doing in a streak. It feels like, and who knows what they'll look like in March. I know they've had some weird deals with transfers, but couldn't yeah. be happier. Couldn't what happened to a worse program. Yeah, God, God, how much fun it will be to play them, beat, beat them in the tournament. And like, what, what, what would have happened if we would have played them that year that they all got sick, supposedly? We'd have beat them into the ground. We'd have beat them with a pole. I would give any. I would give anything right now for this Tennessee team with Dalton Connect to walk into that arena to play Memphis and him drop a thirty piece on their head yeah. and beat their brains in. Because you know. Like the Memphis is a first round uh, option. Like we could be playing there. Yeah, go ahead. I I hate Memphis. I hate Penny Hardaway. I hate Memphis Tiger. Like I hate them. <laughs> they're just they they they're so angry every time I encounter Memphis fans. They're the, they 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 talk so much shit, but they don't really have anything to back it with. It's it's they're the the they're, they're really the worst. They it's kind of remind me of Georgia fans. It stems from the Bruce Pearl Calipari days and yep. that robbery that we had. And then oh, yeah. Penny Hardaway with the whole clinch fist comment and acting like a little whiny, you know what, only amplified my hate for them even more. Said fuck Rick Barnes in the post game. Yeah, so he, right. he can he can he can eat shit and fuck off for all I care. I can't stand his ass. As I said, could not happen to a more Pathetic human. I cannot stand for the auto I'm happy so, every time they lose. He's such a child. I mean, just a little bitch. Just a little punk ass <laughs> yes. bitch. M, he's, he's, yes. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Oh, gosh. I mean, the amount of just that, that I mean, into the COVID stuff. I mean, we were there in Nashville at a bar an hour before tip off, and everyone, yeah. and even the Memphis fans were pissed off. Like, like yeah. what the hell? This is. I mean, this is so unprofessional. He's a he's just such an amateur douchebag. God, I they'll never fire him though. He's they love him too much. I don't know. That's not true. They're starting to get a little testy with him. Well, how do I know that? Because they got. my whole life used to be there, and all my people on social media, I keep up with them, and they are getting a little agitated. So. I hope he never figures it out. I hope they never figure it out. They're never <laughs> good. The only the only fun thing about them being good is being them, beating them. That's the only fun part of them when they're actually have a pulse. But yeah. uh, that'd be extremely fun to beat them in FedEx form. You know the Sweet Sixteen or something. Dalton awesome. dropping fifty. Dropping fifty. Anyway, he, he could do it. Do you think he'll have a fifty-point game? Do you think he'll have a fifty-point game this season? If he played, if he played a lot of minutes, like the majority of the game, he could drop fifty easy. Well, the, the problem like a double. Is, it, 
is he'll go 10 minutes to not score a point, and they go eight minutes to score 16. Yeah. And they go yep. 20 minutes to not score anything, and they go four minutes to score 10. And then you look up, and he's got 35 in like a 15-minute stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can get like a double overtime game, man, he could really hit some numbers. It'd be a dream scenario. Yeah. Dude, yeah. He, he could easily drop 50 if you let him allow him to play as much as he probably could. So, but All right, guys. That was a lot of fun. Of roasting Austin the entire podcast. That was amazing. Yeah. It's so subtle. Takes it like it. a good sport, Love you guys. Though. Takes it like a good sport. We say it all the time. I'll say it a lot. I'll say it a lot. DR will say it a lot. We're not going to pick on you if we don't like it. <laughs> Thank you. Even though I'm a two year old with a mustache. <laughs> Glad happy to be y'all's friend. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I will upload the podcast and send it out. Share it away, my friends. This is a, one of my favorite podcasts we've done so far just because of the laughing nonstop. But, all right, guys. We'll do it again next week. God bless. Go balls. Peace out. Go balls. <laughs>